Luke 1, 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be the great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. is magnificent messages of Christmas. We're looking at the angelic announcements of the birth of Christ, but we're looking at those in a way that we can apply them to our lives. Not that an angel has appeared to us, but that the Word of God has come to our hearts. We have recognized that God is speaking to us and we are ready to do what he tells us to do. The message this week is Gabriel's message to Mary. And again, I want to be sure that we're looking at Gabriel's message to understand the impact and the importance of what he had to say to Mary, but at the same time to be able to apply that message and the principles it reveals to our own hearts and our own lives. I want you to notice this from the message that he gave. There is a lesson here in his message that God uses ordinary people. God uses ordinary people like you and like me. You say, well, Mary was not not an ordinary person. Oh, yes, she was. She was an ordinary person. She was not deity just because God chose her to be the vessel, the instrument to be used for the birth of His Son does not deify her. She was an ordinary person. It says of her in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee. Understand that Galilee was a run-of-the-mill place. In fact, the people of Galilee were looked down upon by people in Jerusalem and in Judea. She was from Galilee, from Nazareth. Nazareth was such an ordinary city that later somebody said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? To a virgin. Yes, she was a virgin. 
But understand, she certainly was not the only virgin in Israel. She was an ordinary person. She was betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And she was not the only Mary in Israel in that day. He came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Get this, she was greatly troubled at the saying, tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. You've got to understand, Wendy, she was not thinking, well, I've been expecting this all along. I thought you would never show up and lead me into my moment of greatness. She was shocked out of her shoes. She did not feel worthy. By the way, just as soon as we feel entitled for God to use us, uh, we are not going to be used because we just got in the way and we just prepared to steal His glory. Be very careful. God says, I will not share my glory with another. God uses ordinary people. He said, the angel said to her, you are favored by God. Greetings, O favored one. Chapter 1, verse 28. That word Favored is one of the forms of the word grace. You've been graced by God. God has given you grace. I want you to understand. You may consider yourself unworthy of being used of God. You may consider yourself something very, someone very plain, someone very ordinary. But it is by the grace of God that we have anything. I love that song. The very breath I breathe. I stood over there listening and singing that song. And I re realized every word that comes out of my mouth. The very breath, Kelly, that I use to form and to speak those words. I cannot have of myself. It has to come by the grace of God. And I want you to understand that the grace of God is available to you to do great things for God, to be used of God as an ordinary person in a great way because you have been favored, you have been graced by God. Not only that, he said God is with you. Now I use the term God, the verse says the Lord is with you. And, and I, I don't have a lot of time this morning, but I could spend some time talking about this word because I just read through the Old Testament in a translation that always uses the word Jehovah where Jehovah occurs. And I've learned that the word Lord, kurios in the Greek language, because the Jews of the first century were afraid they might misuse the term, the name Jehovah. They would never say it. So when they encountered that word, and Kim, when they meant that word, again, I got two Kims lined up here together. Either one of you can take that, okay? You're, you're both looking at me, so I called your name. When, when you read Lord in the New Testament, they mean Jehovah. Jehovah God is with you. She knew what the angel meant. And I've told you again and again, practicing the presence of God and acknowledging the presence of God 
unleashes the power of God in your life. Listen, you've not only been graced by God, you have had God's grace poured on you. He is with you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God may be calling on you for some great step of faith. By the way, great steps of faith, young people, listen to me. Great steps of faith begin with small steps of faith. You want God to use you in some great way? You, you show yourself faithful in a series of successes of small steps of faith. Before God can greatly use you, He must see your steps of faith leading up to that. And then He says, when I call on you for that big step, when I put you in an impossible situation in order to see your faith and be glorified by your great faith, don't be afraid. Are our lives today, in this moment, yeah, in the year 2020, Aaron says that's a curse word anymore, 2020. In the year 2020, are our steps and are our lives characterized by fear or by faith? Listen, God comes to you and He says, My grace is sufficient for any challenge. And I am with you. Don't be afraid. You have been chosen to be used by God. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. Oh, she knew what that meant. She had heard all her life about the birth of the Messiah. Mary, the enormity of that moment to be told that you will be the mother of God, the mother of the Messiah, must have been mind-blowing. But he just said, don't be afraid, because God's chosen you. What's God chosen you to do? You say, I'm not Mary. No, but you are you. And God made you for a reason. He made you to be used of Him and to serve Him, to do what He wants you to do and to use your talents for His glory. You are chosen too to be used of God. God chooses ordinary people to be used in extraordinary ways. You say, who, me? Yes, you. I don't have time to call everybody's name here, but the answer is you. Who, who am I talking to? I'm talking to you. God wants to use you to His honor and His glory. He sent Mary an angel. Look at the book in your lap. Or on your phone. He sent Mary an angel friend. He sent you an entire book. The Bible. The word of God to tell you who he is. And what he wants you to do. God uses ordinary people. God's plans always glorify him. What was going to happen. Was going to be to the glory of God. Might not be to our glory, but his, his plan will always glorify Him. And the plan of God is Jesus. Jesus is the scarlet thread 
that runs through the entire book, the entire Bible. It is the thread, in fact, the theme that holds the book together. If you remove Jesus from the Old Testament, if you remove Jesus from the New Testament, the book makes no sense. And those who deny that Jesus is the Christ do not understand the Bible no matter how much they study. Listen, the plan of God is Jesus. And Jesus, we see in that, Jesus' greatness as Son of the Most High God. Notice, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, the Son of the Most High. High, that term, the highest, the most high, has a significance in the Word of God. By the way, make no mistake, Chris, Mary knew immediately what the angel was talking about. He shall be great, should be called the Son of the Highest. Open your Bible sometime, I don't have time now, but open your Bible sometime and read Isaiah chapter 9. He shall be great shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. All of that is in this passage. Look back in the Old Testament, and Mary recognized the description. David, he, she knew what Gabriel was talking about. There was no mistaking, Gil, that this was to be the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy of the birth of the Messiah. We see the greatness of Jesus. We see His reign, His everlasting kingdom. The verses say, He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God, there's that Jehovah word again, will give unto Him the throne of His father David. This is the fulfillment of the Davidic covenant. This is the fulfillment of of Old Testament prophecy and he will reign over the house of Jacob that is the Jews forever and ever and of his kingdom there shall be no end listen there is coming a kingdom when Jesus sits upon the throne of David in Jerusalem and rules not over the nation of Israel, but the entire world. And the world has never seen the kind of government. The world has never seen the kind of kingdom such as that kingdom will be. It will be a kingdom of holiness and of righteousness. And it will be an everlasting kingdom. Listen to me. God wants you to be a part of that kingdom but what you do with Jesus today what you do with Jesus in your life determines whether you will be a part of that everlasting kingdom or not not only do we see his reign but we see his holiness the child to be born will be called holy some would say that means the holy one some translations will say that the child will be, the holy child will be born, the Son of God. He is holy because he was born of a virgin. 
Listen, we inherit our sin nature from our fathers. Uh, oh, come on, Shelly. She's pointing at Delane over there. That's just wrong. I, that, I didn't say that for you to gloat, ladies, but it is the truth. It is a theological truth that we inherit our sin nature through the blood, the, the lineage of our fathers. But Jesus did not have an earthly father. He was born of a virgin so that he could be sinless and could be holy. He never sinned. He was not born in sin, and he never sinned. He is the only one born in flesh and blood of whom that can be said. We see the holiness of Jesus. In the verses, there is also, this whole thing is a praise chorus to Jesus Christ. It says that His name, you shall call His name Jesus. That is in Hebrew, or I'm sorry, in Greek, Yeshua. In, in Hebrew, it's Joshua. In Greek, it's Jeshua. And that means Jehovah saves. The ah ending at the end is for Jehovah. Jehovah saves. That is His name. The Bible says this Jesus... This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You are saved if you are saved at all by coming to faith in Jesus Christ believing that He is the Son of God, receiving Him as your Savior, counting on Him, trusting in Him to wash away your sins by His blood, salvation comes in the name of Jesus alone. For with God, nothing is impossible. This is the third message. I should have put numbers on these. You've got them numbered, I think, in your worship guide. For, for God, nothing is impossible. Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be, be called Holy, the Son of God. Behold, by the way, and this is like, by the way, if, if you're not convinced that God can do anything He wants to do, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Listen, nothing is impossible with God. The conception of Jesus Christ is the greatest miracle the world has ever seen. There is no miracle that tops that miracle. The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. 
Dr. Luke, who understands conception and birth, is giving a rational, even medical explanation of how the conception will take place. That the seed of God is planted into the womb of a human being. Listen, that miracle that God becomes flesh is the greatest miracle of all of history. We should never get over the fact, the, the crazy, miraculous, marvelous, magnificent message that God became flesh and dwelled among us so that He could die for our sins and save us from eternal damnation. His birth is not only His conception is the greatest miracle, His birth is the most important event in history. You will conceive, bear a son, you shall call His name Jesus. The Bible says in John chapter 1, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Roger, you cannot explain history without this story. His birth changed the course of history. Kai, history would make no sense without the life of Jesus Christ. Everything, even time for many years, was gauged by His birth. Uh, they, they no longer say Anno Domini A.D., um, in the year of our Lord, they now say in the modern era. But the truth is, where do they break the difference in the calendar? It is at the birth of Jesus Christ. Even our calendar is governed by the birth of Christ. You cannot explain the course of history and current events without looking to the birth of Jesus Christ. It is true, it's been said, that history is His story. Amen. Faith in Him, then, is the most important decision in life. You will conceive, bear a son, you shall call His name Jesus. Again, back to John chapter 1, verse 10. He came to the very world He created, but the world didn't recognize Him. He came to His own people, and even they rejected Him. But get this, to all who believed Him and accepted Him, He gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with the physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. That is an explanation from the words of John, the apostle, of what it means to be saved. Not rejecting the Christ, but receiving Him, believing that He is the Son of God. And when you do that, the Spirit of God comes in and you are born. You were already born of the water, born of the flesh. But then you become born of the Spirit of God, the new birth, given the gift 
of everlasting life. Do you have that gift this morning? Have you come to Christ and received Him as Savior? That is His desire for you. He wants to give you that new birth. And the fourth and final message for you of the, of the four from Gabriel's message to Mary. God does not expect perfection. Just surrender. You say, I'm not worthy of God using me. None of us are. None of us are. We're all clay pots, so to speak. Maybe cracked ones at that. But God chooses to use flesh and blood for His glory. He used Mary, and He wants to use you. But that requires not perfection. She was not perfect. But she was willing to surrender. You see, she said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Listen, I need you to understand this morning. If you've slept through the message up till now, please wake up. We talk about our ability. God focuses on our availability. It doesn't matter how gifted you are, how talented. If you're not available for God to use you, that's a waste. It means nothing. He just wants you to be available. I need you to understand that surrender requires sacrifice. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. We think that Mary lifted herself up. And she bowed down. She looked at herself as a servant. I say it requires sacrifice. Do you understand the shame that she would endure? She would be an unwed mother in a time when that meant death. But she signed on. Whatever it takes, whatever the cost... Whatever the sacrifice, God, if this is your will for me, I will do it. Brenda and I will celebrate 50 years of marriage in another 10 days or so, 9 days. That marriage was a big step for us, but it was not the biggest step we ever took. Three years later, just before we found out that we were going to have our first child, I finally surrendered to the ministry. We gave up everything we had. We quit our jobs. We moved to Florida to enroll in seminary in Central Florida, long way from parents, a long way from home. Our lives have never been the same. I have prayed throughout my ministry that others would surrender to that same call like I did in July of 1973. I don't want to know how old you were or that you weren't born in 1973. I understand that. But listen, God's calling on you this morning for sacrifice. It may be walk out from the job you were doing 
put a wrench on a car for somebody else. It may be to leave the groceries you're cooking and go cook for somebody else. It may be to go minister to someone who is grieving. Listen to me, don't you say it can't be so. God may call you to pick up His Word and to go to Africa or to India or heaven forbid, Minnesota and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Surrender requires sacrifice. But don't miss this. Surrender leads to victory. I will tell you that our lives have been a marvelous adventure. And I wouldn't change that decision for anything. Mary gave up the marriage that she expected to receive instead the one God gave her. She gave up her reputation to be given a reputation that surpasses anything that she could imagine. Victory comes from surrender when it is surrender to God. Blessed are you above all women because your child is blessed. Understand, every day of your life is a new opportunity for greatness. Not because of what you do, but because of what you allow God to do through you. What is it that God wants you to do? What decision for Him? What calling? What surrender? What does God want you to do? For some of you, you need to come to Christ. You need to be saved. You've been thinking about that. God's been drawing you and you've been unsure. At this moment, if you understand why you need to be saved... And if you understand how to be saved, you need to come. You need to come to Jesus in faith, repentance and faith, and trust Him now. There are some of you who need to come for baptism. I would encourage you, surrender. I don't know what's holding you back. Give in and come now to be baptized, to be a member of this church. Some of you need to make the decision that Travis is making right now to come and present yourself as one who's already been saved and baptized by a a like church, ready to come and be a member of Faith Baptist Church. Some of you, I would pray, God is laying on your heart a special calling to service in the Lord's work. Will you give in to that? Will you surrender your life, your desires, and your plans for what He wants of you?